Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Anything about it other than that song? No, no, I don't know anything about it. All I know is that if they win today, then they get to go on to the Sunday's game. Yeah, which is the final. Yeah, and if they win, then everything in my home will be happy. So that's why it means so much to me. Because if they don't win, I'm looking at a week of hell. I had a boyfriend once who loved football, he loved Arsenal, and it really was like, if the Arsenal game went badly, it was a bad time in our home, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was really bad. bad. Um, so anyway, welcome to the pod, everyone. Welcome. So Lucy and Annabelle show. Yes. Uh, we don't know things about sports. We don't know things That's about most things. We need men to explain it to us. That's right. Um, okay. Right. From the desk of Annabelle Jones. It's not world news. It's not important news. It's Annabelle news. Okay, we're a little thin on... Yeah, a little thin on happy, happy, uplifting, spicy stuff. Yeah, it was all kind of a bit depressing, really. I'll just tell you what I've been liking. For Marnie, shout out Marnie, Real Housewives of New York City, Ebony, K. Right, my page has gone down. It's such shallow news that your internet crashed. It's like the housewives shows are all on this like racism tip right now because they've realized like they have like one or no black people in their shows. Jesus. And then I didn't watch The Bachelorette this week either because it's been so boring. I don't know if any of you lot have been watching The Bachelorette, but it's been so shit. It's unfucking believable how shit it's been. This is the most boring Bachelorette ever. Like, a couple weeks ago, they had, like, a whole, like, tragedy wank where it was, like, everyone sat around in a circle and just said the most tragic things that have happened to them. And I put that show on to escape my personal tragedies. I'm not trying to sit and listen to, like, oh, my children. tragedies. Like, or, like, my wife is dead or, like, I got raped or whatever. I'm like, that's private. <laughs> Doesn't belong. <laughs> on this platform do that on your personal podcasts don't do it on the bachelorette where i'm coming <laughs> yeah. to look at dresses shoes really awkward making out people do it drinking on your podcast like we do guys yeah, just on. do it in a place that isn't come on the now. show that i watch every monday to keep me alive right that i need well i texted you saying that you would be proud of me because i was attempting oh, yeah. to watch trash tv and i chose carefully chose yeah. too hot to handle yeah and I couldn't get through the credits. Yeah, not even I, I watched that. I, it was still the opening monologues, and I clicked out, and I believe I watched um, an episode of Gidget. Of what? <laughs> Gidget. What the fuck is Gidget? Well, you know I'm obsessed with Sally Field. It's her first television show. So, got right. an episode of that. Oh, I watched an episode of Fresh Prince, which I'd never seen. I'd never seen. I've never seen Fresh Prince. Of wow. Bel-Air. Okay. And I watched it, and in the pilot episode, we need Ebony to come over and give you an education on 
Ebony. Black television. No. The girl I was just talking about. I know, you know I get it. I'm just already. But I watched this pilot of Fresh Prince and in the living room of the Bel Air mansion is uh, a painting by Chagall that was in my living room growing up. <laughs> I took a picture of the screen and I said, look, mom. You decorated the, the Fresh house Prince. like a like a Fresh Prince of Bel Air. What a great show! Fucking love that show. It was amazing. Yeah, are you gonna not funny it? at all? It's not funny. The writing is horrible. Wait, so you don't like it? I mean, I liked it, but come on, the jokes aren't funny. Are they? I mean, sort of like laugh track '90s funny. Yeah, it's like nice to have on in the background. Because it just makes you forget about it. And they've got, like, kooky noise sound effects and things. Yeah. And, like, it's a bit slapstick. It's very slapstick. Yeah. yeah it's almost vaudevillian. You were talking about that yeah. in the event. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you tried. Anyway, I you tried. Really tried. I gave it a very noble and effort. And then I, I raced back into my hole of yeah other of things. Things from another century. Um, I think you need to get a little list. Of, I'll get it together for you of things that are good to watch. Yeah, you guys can people write in with recommendations for trash television. Shit reality TV. That is good. Yeah. Okay, moving on to my next story. Azealia Banks. Do you know who that is? Nope. She's a rapper. And on her new single, she has a picture of her pussy in a pair of denim knickers. And on her nails, it says Kanye West. And the song is called Fuck Him All Day. And so her fans are speculating, did you fuck Kanye? And is this about fucking Kanye? Did she and Kanye fuck? And it says here, she says, um, Azealia claimed she had been fucking Kanye all night after a fan asked whether the two had been intimate. Now, either this is an absolutely genius ploy to spark controversy. Seems like it to me. And also, she has bipolar and also... And he also has bipolar. He has bipolar. (laughs) So she might be really going for the jugular on this because she knows she can trigger the fuck out of him and get a little bit of online rap beef going on. I do have to say, if I found out that these two fucked, I would think that that was completely iconic. Um, You must be involved with her album somehow. Yeah, that's an an interesting thought. That's an interesting thought. Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton got married. Now this is sweet. I mean, look, so sweet. I love seeing Gwen Stefani happy. She's, I do too. She had a bit of a bumpy ride with she old Gavin Rosdale. With old Gavin. He uh, dipped his pen in a few couple different two tree ink wells. He did. And he really blew it. And now he's alone with just his Pomeranian and she's really thriving. So well, maybe my mom can marry him now. Apparently I was in the studio with Gavin. I don't remember that. I guess I kind of vaguely remember. I was in the studio with him one day. I was working with Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics Mm -hmm. and he was there and my mom came in to the studio to hang out and she's talked about him ever since apparently they had some like intimate deep conversation on a couch for a couple hours oh that's nice (laughs) she really likes she's into him I toured with obsessed with Gavin so now she can have Adam my mom's available no I don't want your mom to go out with him he's rubbish I know he seems like trouble he's rubbish I met him because I toured with him I opened for his band in Europe he's in a band called Bush Mm -hmm. yeah I've heard of him really sexy Really yeah. hot to look at. Mm-hmm. Very weak handshake. Oh, so weak immediately handshake, I was good, like, no, this isn't going to work for weak me. And immediately just became unattractive to me. So that's it from the desk of Annabelle Jones. It's a little thin. It's a little thin. Pop you guys. and country got married. That's you know. That's all that matters. 
Just think about Gwen Stefani's smile. Aww. All right, how are you doing, babe? How am I doing? What I'm... happened with your pitch? Oh, my pitch. I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a long time because last week on the show we had Yvette, which was marvelous. Ugh. Such a good episode. I so love great. doing that episode. I do too. I thought at the time we were talking for so long, like an hour and a half yeah. at least, but then... So many people were writing in asking us to do, do more with her. Double that. I know. Um, we, we want to trust us. Yeah, we do. But you and I didn't have our usual catch ups and news from the desk of and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So tell I'm, us. Yeah, I'm really good. I did my pitch that I shared with everybody. Oh God, it was a crazy experience. It was. Was the feedback good in the in the room? It really was. Never done a pitch like that to a to a network. And somebody that you respect so highly. And somebody that, yeah, that I... Was he in the meeting? No, this was his two heads of development. So they filter it, and then if they're like, yeah, this is good, yeah, they'll so send it Yeah, so they recorded him. it. Wow. And would have shared it with him after. Oh, my God. So we... I gave the pitch, and <laughs> as soon as I start, this huge black spider... No! Starts, like, comes down onto the table and just starts... Scampering around. Doing stuff. I I couldn't look down. I didn't know what it was and where it was going. I hate it. But it was all over the place. And I just thought, what are the chances? And I just had to sit there. And just take it. And just take it. Are you frightened of spiders? Yes! Oh, no! And just let it do whatever it was going to do. And I just kept reminding myself, spiders are good luck. Spiders are good luck. <laughs> it, everything's fine. It's but not I laying thought, as in my body chances. And for a second, I thought, what if I just stood up and freaked out and apologized? Like, what would be so wrong with that? <laughs> but at the same no, you time, can't. I thought, no. You really have to I have together. to just keep going. Just keep going. And I kind of messed up and was kind of stammering on my lines. It wasn't really noticeable. And I'm sure they're used to people being nervous. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you did your pitch for me, if I can share that. And yeah. after we lost Had a You and Me episode. And it was so good. Thank and you. And you weren't even like 100% ironed out creases at that point. No. So if it was better than that, like, wow, this is going to be. Thank you. And I woke up the next day thinking about your, and I think about it. All the time. Oh, thanks. Because I can't, I can't wait to see it. I can't either. I feel like I've watched a trailer, mm-hmm. and now there's like a thing that I can't wait to come on TV, you know? Thank so. you, yeah. It, it went very well, and they kept us on the call for like 15 minutes after, just mm-hmm. immediately started asking questions. Yeah. And coming up with their own ideas. That's got to be good. It was really Sign, good, yeah. and they kept comparing it to really well-known projects. <gasps> Which is always a good sign. And, and then they said they would take some time to, to think about it and, and talk about it within the company, basically, you know, talk about it with their boss. No matter what, it was incredible to be in a conversation where I was being spoken to as a filmmaker, as a colleague. And yeah, that spider was hilarious. I couldn't Standing believe ovation. it. Standing ovation. Very proud of you. Thank you. So, so it's brilliant. It's been a very creative time right now. So, um, so you're feeling good. I've been doing that and also, yeah, following this this English football. I mean, I had world. my first pub experience the other day. Did you drink a beer at the pub? I did, yeah. I had a beer. I had a BLT. <laughs> beer? Wow. I was basically there to drive Will home because he was getting 
crazy he that day. He was getting shit canned. Um, but it's been such a a great adventure to embrace the British culture. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful culture. It's a place that I always have felt that I belonged, and now having married into an English family, it's. I really want to take advantage of that Good, and yeah. embrace it and learn yeah. everything I can. And you should and um, and have those experiences. So the pub was very fun, and today's a big day with the next game. And then if they win, they go on to Sunday, and, and you have a happy marriage. All will be well. You might get some sex. I might get some sex out of this. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really the, main agenda. the most important thing. So well, speaking of sex, I went to Vegas. Tell us all about it. I saw some rambunctious pictures. You guys, I went to Vegas. Um, I went like a million bucks. Oh, felt like a million bucks. Did you win a million bucks? Monopoly money. (laughs) Um, I won. No, I I didn't. You claimed your inheritance. Yeah, one dollar and what was it? It was twelve dollar fifty seven. Yeah, but you split that in fifty fifty because the widow she gets fifty percent. Oh right. And then me and my sister split fifty percent. Right. And I also agreed to give you. You did some of my winnings. You did. So yeah. Thank you. You actually, split your inheritance with me about, because God got, knows what's going to happen to mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So we, you and I, have now got about sixty five cents. Lovely. I can do so, a lot with 65 cents. I can stretch that for like a good two weeks. Candy bar? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so what happened was Annabelle in, um, what lobby were you in when you At found- the Cosmo Hotel, a lot of you have been asking me where this slot machine was. There's a monkey's slot machine. And we found it. Every time my sisters and my family go to Vegas, we always go on it hoping that we're going to win a lot of money. Right. We never do. But, in fact, we always lose. But I got beginner's luck, and we won 12-something dollars. Amazing. So, you know, feeling pretty good about it, you guys. <laughs> um, so we did that. That was really fun. We had great meals. We went to... So this was for my sister's 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. I... There's no other um, circumstances under which you would find me in the... City of Las Vegas. None whatsoever. Not really my cup of tea. But I am a very curious person. So from the perspective of just being like, feeling a bit like I was on safari, Mm -hmm. that's how it felt. Um, I did a little walk of the Vegas Strip. It was 112 degrees. So I did about one block. It felt like I'd walked six miles. That's so stupid. And I just said to my friend, like, okay, I'm... Sorry, got to go inside now. Like, <laughs> you just ducked into it. I can't. I saw everything from $50,000 bottles of champagne on the menu to a homeless woman asleep in a pile of trash outside the casino doors. You know, it's mm. the most strangest place where every room, every hotel and environment that you walk into is designed to make you feel a very specific way. So you walk into the hotel and they tell you immediately how you're meant to feel. With the scent, with the lighting, with the music, with the temperature, all of that. There are no clocks anywhere in Vegas. You will never, ever, ever, ever see a clock. The amount of times I thought to myself, it could be 11.30 in the morning right now or 9 at night and I have got no idea. I was only there for 24 hours. But I did about a week's worth of Vegas in 24 hours. 
So it was really fun. We went to a lot of concerts. We went to a concert every day. One day there were three concerts that we attended. So the first night we got there, went to a concert, did a dinner. That's when I did the slot machine. Also went to the Britney Spears slot machine. Um, just to pay my respects. No, I didn't play because I didn't know who got the money. Oh, and I yeah, thought, am I? Point. I don't want to put money in if it's so. Um, and I'd rather just send her a PayPal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If she's got <laughs> Venmo, if Venmo. anyone knows what Britney's cash app is, let me know. Um, send her a, a GoFundMe. She can have a bit of the inheritance. Yeah, also. she can have. Okay, she will split my dollar, whatever, I'll three split ways. With her. No, oh, no, I see. Really yeah. Cool. I'll do. I'll do. Thuds. Um. Uh. What else? Um, we did. We went to see a DJ called Tiesto. Do you know who this is? Yeah, I've heard of <gasps> Tiesto. You know who Tiesto? I, I mean, I don't know their music from a hole in the so wall. So we went but... to see Tiesto, and we a friend of ours organized this for us because she works for MGM. So we got VIP everything. Nice for the whole trip. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, because I saw pictures of you at some pool party that was. It's a day club actually. Debaucherous. Got it right. Here's me going. It's basically like your strip club story, but during the day at a pool. Thank you. There yes. was money flying around. And I around. didn't even really tell you this, but there was money. Did you see that? I saw a lot of yeah. things flying around. Money. There's a lot of money. That seems to be it, the Roaring Twenties. We are in it. We're you back guys. in the Roaring Twenties. We are back in it. So we had a little cabana that was up on a level away from the um, surfs. Yeah. <laughs> surfs. And we were in our... It's like being at a jousting tournament it where you're elevated above. was. <laughs> the, the shit that I saw, the pool at the beginning of the day was blue. And it by the end of the day... It was brown. It was murky. Oh. Brown no. tinged. I saw somebody throw up in no, the pool. No, no. I saw... There was this one girl I watched who had lost com- complete control of her body and she was dancing and she was going in the pool. And she slipped under, under a couple of times and me and my friends were standing there going, oh, oh, fucking hell, there she goes. <laughs> she landed, and then she'd come up again. Yeah. Do they have lifeguards? Yeah, they have places? a lot of lifeguards. That's why I wasn't worried. I thought, yes, oh. fish her out. Um... And yeah, I saw people in various states of decay Oof. and debauchery. I watched some sort of grinding and dry, humping sexual things. Um, the music was really loud. I felt as I approached the casino, I'm sorry, the day club at the casino at the resort, everything is walled. So in Vegas, it's like trash desert. And then all of a sudden you walk into the lap of luxury. Mm. So I'm walking through the trash desert to get to my day club. And you can hear the bass in the distance. And I thought to myself, this is like the drums of war. Something very primal inside of me was awakened. And I thought, (laughs) I'm going in. And as I approached the walled fortress... I thought, is this what it was like in medieval times when travellers approached the gates of the city? The gates of the city that they would come across, I'm sure. And I just thought, yeah, this is some Game of Thrones shit right here. Damn. And it was. I went in there and that is what I saw. I saw a couple two-tree dragons. (laughs) But it was really fun. So we had a thing. And these girls are like in their bikinis. These like 21-year-old girls with bodies you could just... bounce a dime off of a big fake tits no hair none but the hair on their head is luscious but they've got no hair anywhere else and they're just like 
you guys can't see it right now, but I'm shimmying my tits. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So they come up. They bring champagne for my sister. Happy birthday signs. And they're holding their signs and like wiggling their tits for my sister. I'm like, happy birthday, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and like um, a woman next to us was having her birthday as well. And I watched, I think about $4,000 worth of champagne get sprayed on her. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Because I looked at the menu afterwards to see the price of a champagne bath. I love that. I'm like you too. I'm always checking to see what everything costs. I love it. I'm just fascinated by it. the whole thing. Because yeah. it's not something I would ever do. Hmm. Um, and we got a huge credit for free on our cabana as a courtesy from the hotel for Sarah's birthday. And I thought, fucking hell, that's a lot of money. And then I looked at the menu and I thought, that's not really that much money when you look at the prices. I ordered some chicken nuggets, some nuggies. Did you? You guys know how I love my nuggies. <laughs> no, did, was it from the hotel or did you find a McDonald's? Like no, you no, like to I do? ordered it to my cabana. And how was it? Some of the best nuggies I've ever had. Really? It cost $78. Really? It's <laughs> like $25 a nug. Worth it. Worth it. Wow. Best ranch. So, yeah, guys, it was fucking mental. Um, I watched... Probably thousands of dollars worth of money be sprayed into the air, showering down on the chaos that ensued before me in the sick, piss, shit, gonorrhea pool. Of the medieval of times. medieval whatever the hell I was watching. Wow. And I just left my body and I just thought, this is fun. I'm not really here. <laughs> it's, it's 108 degrees and I've left my body. That sounds like a living hell. <laughs> and I'm not drinking I'm not drinking right now, so I couldn't even oh, on my bed. Oh, my God. So I even... <sighs> wow, I would have been up in the hotel room with a book. Well, I'm the worst Vegas person ever. No, I'll never go again. I had the best time. And everything was VIP. I'll never go again. Yeah. It can never be better than it was. I, bless my heart, brought my book and my journal. Thinking that thinking you Thinking we were having a pool day. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I've stopped taking my journal on trips like that. I always just die hard with the journal. I'm going to get to it. And then you just don't. You just don't. You don't have a moment to yourself. I did. I managed we're gonna go to. going to go out and sit in the hotel hallway or something? I mean. Yeah. Is that what you did? I just, in my bed just before I fell asleep, I at least twice Scratched a few lines in. Um, the first night I was there, I woke up at three in the morning and I shot up and I said, I'm going to throw up. And I ran to the toilet. Just from overstimulation? Yeah, I was like a toddler at a birthday party. Yeah. I'd run around and round too many times. Yeah, yeah. my brother always throws up bef- the, on Christmas Eve and the night before his birthday. Oh, cute. His whole life. So you yeah, had that I didn't same. have food poisoning, wasn't drunk. No excuse. I just woke up and I was like, well, I'm going to throw up. Wow. But it was so fun. And then just as we were leaving, we saw what we think was a dead body in the toilet. So we thought, time to leave Vegas. <laughs> in the toilet? <laughs> My sister went to the loo and she photographed it. And she was like, guys, I'm not sure whether I'm being, because she's not dramatic. Well, she is, but she's not about stuff like this. I'm the one that's always like, oh my God, do you think that animal's okay? And she's like, yeah, shut up. It's fine. Some girl's weave was splayed and then it didn't move for like half an hour. And we saw some feet beneath the weave. And so we took a picture of it and we got, let the cleaner know in the toilet. And we said, hey, and she, the cleaner couldn't really speak English. She was like, is this your friend? We said, we don't know this person. And they were like, are you staying at the hotel? We were like, no. We're leaving. We've got to go. We've done our bit. So we 
let the cleaner know and she called the <laughs> security no the cleaner stop. wasn't even going in there wow we were like you should knock and she's like no you don't yeah I they would, must have protocol oh my god this bitch you think she's come to the casino to clean and she wants to open the door and see a dead body yeah, no 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 thank don't, you not getting paid doesn't get paid enough for that, for that no. shit and I lost money, so I was out of there. Yeah, you're not... I had a good time. I'm not trying to be part of a police investigation. Exactly. I just saw a weave, okay? Yeah, exactly. On you the were record. throwing up from just nothing. Yeah. So I don't need to see a dead done. body. You know what I think it is about bringing a journal on a trip, even if I know I'm probably not going to get to it? I'm sure you feel the same about your journal. It's like having a friend along with 100%. you. A hundred percent. That even if you're not going to be able to write in it, that that friend is there. A hundred percent. If you need to talk to someone, you've got it. Like I have my journal on me right now. I just carry it in my purse. I always long. have it with me because I never know when I need to just scratch a few lines into yeah. it. And I try to every day. There are days that I've missed since the crash, but since the crash, it was one of the first things that the trauma person said to me is, "I want you to write every day." Mm-hmm. So there have been days where I've missed it, but even if I just write in it. Today was shit. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. This is all I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was really, really good. The COVID thing was interesting. Yeah, how was that? Vegas was doesn't city? have COVID-19. I don't know if you guys so knew that. So they don't that. care. No, it's no, Los Angeles no doesn't COVID have it either. Um, so as you all know, I am not vaccinated. So I get a lot of questions. I get so much shit for not being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel the need to explain myself. And... But also, I don't care about telling you why I'm not vaccinated. I'm not, I'm not va- vaccinated either, as everybody I'm knows. not vaccinated because I'm not willing to test a new medicine on myself that I, do- I don't know what it does. And I wouldn't do that in any other circumstance with any other illness. Mm-hmm. If my life depended on it and somebody said to me, eh, you've got 25% chance you might live with this thing. Like, you know what? That's not the situation I'm in. I don't have terminal cancer, so I'm not, I'm not trying the medicine. And the reason I'm not trying it it's not because I'm worried about anything other than I have got one ovary that works. One functioning ovary. And if I want to have kids, now is my time. If I was 21, I would get the vaccine because it will be out of my body. But right now is it. So now for the next seven years, that's my window. And I am not an anti-vaxxer. I have all my vaccinations. I'm just not willing to risk that one ovary. And while there is no evidence to say that it harms our fertility, there is also no evidence to say that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of now official documented changes in hormone cycles and periods. Women yes. who have gone into menopause are getting periods. A lot of teenage girls' are, breasts have gone up a breast uh, cup size. People's hormonal cycles have been affected yeah, by the Yeah, their systems vaccine. are changing. I have endometriosis and I have cystic ovaries. I am already I on a cocktail of hormone-balancing medication to make my life bearable. And this is why I am not vaccinated I want to be vaccinated. And I think that's the thing that people find really hard to understand. I would love for it to be a year from now where I have all the information and I can be vaccinated and not wear a mask and not have it on my mind. You know, I just don't want to be in this situation, but here I am and this is the choice I have to make. 
So Vegas is high ceilings. It's very empty right now. Vegas is not a lot of people there right now. The air is, you know, we've got oxygen, air filters, whatever. So when I'm in that environment, I feel safe. I feel good. Mm. And if your mask is off and you're vaccinated and you believe in the science and you trust the science and you think the vaccine works, then it shouldn't bother you that I'm not wearing a mask. That's the thing I don't understand because I always come out very harshly again this week with, and you know, vaccine shaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I, I can't quite figure that out. If you believe in the vaccine, why do you have anything to say to someone yeah. who's not? Why, what That's are you their mad choice. About? Yeah. They're the ones who will suffer the consequences. Yeah. If I it comes am the to one that. that is at risk. Exactly. Not you. not you. So why do you have something to say? And it's very it's, it's strange. Really, I, can't, I, can't, I can't figure it yeah, out. I, I don't know if people are <laughs> I don't know if people think it through logically. Like if you if you're vaccinated and you believe the vaccine works, you should be fine to be in a room full good. of unvaccinated people. Exactly, that's because the point. you're protected. Right. And it's I am the one that is not protected. Right. And it is not my responsibility when I am out in an environment like Vegas to protect vulnerable and old people. Right. If you are vulnerable and old, don't come to Las Vegas. That's right. So anyway, this is why I'm not vaccinated. This is my position on it. This leads me on to, this week we did a and a Yeah. Because our schedule got all delallied, so we didn't have a plan. So we decided to do a little Ask Us Anything on our, across our social media. And as we're on the COVID tip right now, let's start our questions. Welcome to Lucy and Annabelle's Question Time. Ask Lucy Us Anything. Okay, that was beautiful. So COVID questions. COVID questions? How many COVID we got, questions We got a there? few, and I'll just... I need some tea yeah, for this. Yeah, a little tea. Do you and Lucy have different ideas about getting vaccines because of the Delta variant? No. No. Any variant? The vaccine that's been administered is useless against any variant, so... Well, they're saying that the Johnson & Johnson is really, really strong against variants. But that's the whole point of this conversation is that I'm reading one thing and you're reading another thing. Yeah. It's the whole fucking point. Yeah. Of this whole shit show. You know what I don't want to do is take advice from the fucking people that got me in this situation in the first place. It's like that classic, beautiful Pinterest little Tumblr quote. Don't go back to what hurt you to heal you. (laughs) (laughs) Pfizer. Hey, I spoke to a woman yesterday as a defense attorney, and she defended Pfizer in the past 15 years, and she hasn't gotten the vaccine. And what she had to say from an inside perspective was pretty scary. Um, no, these variants are not changing my mind about how I feel about the vaccine at this time. Absolutely not. Um, I'm not. It doesn't change my mind because it's not more deadly. It's just more contagious. So... And um, however contagious it is, I still have one ovary. <laughs> My friend went to a climbing gym this morning and I said, what's that bracelet you've got on there? And he said, oh, did they put these on the vaccinated people? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sent a shiver down my spine. Okay, I guess I won't be going rock climbing. <laughs> Indoor rock climbing. Well, no, you can wear. You have to wear your mask. Oh, right, right. If you don't have your proof of vaccination, mm. you have to wear your mask. Um, next COVID question. 
Annabelle, how has your pandemic anxiety and view changed so much from episode one to now, especially as you decided not to get vaccinated? Yeah, I found this really interesting as well with me, and I don't really know why. At the beginning of the virus, of the pandemic, I was so um, scared, really, really scared. And I'll I'll tell you why I think it is, is because one of my deep-seated worst fears is a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you saw it happening. I was like, this has got the is every little plot it has mark, every ingredient to the, be a full blown yeah, of the zombie apocalypse films that I've watched that yeah. now mean that every room I go into, I'm looking for how am I going to barricade this room in case of the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> who are going to be my survival people? You know, like this is the shit that really goes through my head. And I think in my head, I was like, fucking hell, it's happening. It's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's gonna it's gonna mutate into some rabid thing, and I'm gonna have to chop Ryan's head off mm-hmm. because he's gonna turn into a zombie, and I'm gonna have to murder him. Um, and then I'm gonna have to drive a car, and then when that runs out of petrol, I'm gonna have to get in another car. <sighs> Has that changed? <laughs> Here's the thing about 2020. My two biggest fears happened since I was a child. My two biggest fears have been. A pandemic and my partner dying. Really? Yeah. One of the worst imaginable things to me since childhood kept me awake at night was the loss of my partner. The feeling of them being gone in the house, rolling over and they're not in the bed. Since I was a child, it has haunted me. And that's when when I say to you, I feel like I've been waiting for this thing my whole life. Mm. Part of me wonders if that's what it was. So I think that that's what was in my mind at first. And because we didn't know, we didn't have any data, I didn't have any answers. Where I get my news and my information is from... TMZ. Well, at that point. (laughs) Yeah, the Daily Mail. So I'm looking at um, those murder hornets... Of which there were oh, never yeah. any. yeah, whatever happened to those murder Yeah, hornets? there was never any fucking murder hornets. There was one dead one in some bananas in America somewhere. Okay. And then it was like, murder hornets are in America. And I was like, ah! <laughs> um, But I only, about COVID now, get my information from um, the labs, the universities, any, all of that. And even that information, guess what? I don't fucking trust it. Because somebody is paying for it. Who is paying for it? Okay. So that's where I get all my info now. And when I started after months and months of the of the pandemic, you start to see, okay, obese people are dying at an 80% ICU beds are um, obese, elderly, and people with underlying serious health conditions. Mm. Okay, so... There you go. That's why I'm not fucking scared anymore. We all have heard the horror stories about healthy people getting COVID and having the worst case things happen to them. Life support, limbs lost, strokes, brain dead, you know, all of these things. There are also those stories about the vaccine, I would just like to add. Yes, there are. And if I'm going to be terrified of every rogue story about a young person dying from COVID-19, I'm also going to be terrified from every, you know, that poor fucking teenage girl. I don't know if you saw that last week. Mother is works in medicine. No, father works in medicine. 
Mother is an engineer. So they were trusting science, trusting medicine. The fucking daughter's in a wheelchair now with a feeding tube. I mean, over close to 7,000 people have died from the vaccine. Okay, so I understand that that's like, to me, I'm like, yeah, 7,000 people have died. Not that many people. I know that that's a big number for you. Right, but one's too many with a vaccine. If a car came out and it killed 7,000 7, people, people, would, would you money. buy that car? Yeah, but no, you have to it look at recall. You have to look at the the numbers of how many people are dying from COVID. My question is, are you willing to be one of those 7,000? If yeah, but, you are, yeah. then risk it. And then my argument to you saying that is, are you willing to be one of the people that are dying? You know, it's... it's to me, that is a better group to be in than okay. somebody dying of the vaccine. You'd, you'd rather die from COVID than the vaccine. I think that the chances of dying from yeah, COVID you. are very low yeah. for me, which is why I'm wait, choosing yeah. to wait yeah. on the vaccine for the time being. Yeah. I'm not an anti-vaxxer either. Yeah. I have all my vaccines as well. I'm, I, just, I'm just looking at, the, at yeah. the, the facts that are coming back as time goes on. That's all. Yeah. I'm and just that, paying attention to I'm, what's coming back because we don't know. I'm in the same boat. You know, I just I just don't know you guys. And that's the thing. I'm not a scientist. None of us are. Nobody knows. And anyone All we have that... is our personal feelings about it. And you cannot go against each other about your personal feelings. Yeah. You just can't do it. And also, when your husband dies, you sort of don't really give a fuck about anything anymore. So Good point. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. Um, if anyone has a problem with our point of view we welcome a conversation we'd love to hear your thoughts on it we don't know you don't know (laughs) let's chat Um, so after last week a lot of people were like tell us more paranormal experiences you guys if i die from covid i promise to haunt all of you What what did they want? They just they said, want us like, to talk more about our own experiences. Yeah, or they just... said like, do you have any spooky stories? A lot of people ask me if I have been haunted by my dad. Not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Off limits. You know, I haven't. Um, I haven't been haunted by him, but I've mm-hmm. asked him to visit, and he's visited. So I've definitely had some griefy moments where I've said, please, please come visit me, and then in the night I'll have a visitation. And I can feel the difference between a dream and a visitation. Me too. I have a lot of paranormal experiences. They're not in the way that you would expect where I just see a ghost walking down the hallway toward me. I have a lot of dreams that are visitations from dead people. My One of my best friends, her father, passed away a couple years ago. We were very close and and I sang at his funeral and he has begun coming through with messages for my friend. Wow. And every time I go to her, I say, this doesn't make sense to me, and it might be totally stupid, but here's what happened. And she'll just burst out crying and say, yes, you're exactly right on. Um, Wow. In the last dream, I was standing in a room with her and her family and people. It was like I had just gotten off of the stage performing and we're all standing there and there was a big long banquet table all the chairs were empty and we're walking out of the room and my friend starts going my dad couldn't be here today he he, I wish he could have seen you perform and as soon as she said that I turned around and one of the chairs at the table tipped forward 
and tipped a pitcher of yellow lemonade that was on the table. And the pitcher tipped and filled up a glass with <gasps> yellow lemonade. And I called her. I said, I don't know what this means, but I saw a picture of yellow lemonade fill up a glass on a table. It was a message from your dad. She said, I've been so sad the last couple of days. He always told he always gave me yellow lemonade when I was feeling sad. No. And so it's things like that that are paranormal experiences for me wow. that happen on the regular. Whether it's just a vision and a voice that comes to me in broad daylight. Mm. Or it's in a dream. Mine, mine are like that very commonly. Does anything like that happen for you? Um, I think my dad... There are times where I'll be going for a walk and I can hear footsteps and I stop. And at first I'm like, no, it's just an echo. Or I'm like, mm, there's a reason why. And then I stop and I walk in. Stop. And yeah. it's like, there is footsteps... And a presence, just my shoulder. And that's one thing that he does a lot. Um, but growing up, we had the most haunted houses. We never put that episode out. Wow. Okay. So we did. We did at we the did beginning of this podcast back in October. Before the crash, we did a we did Ghosties a, episode. We did a paranormal episode and we told really scary stories. And you talked about your childhood house yeah. in, where was it? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Haunted to shit. Maybe we should put that episode out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good episode because you guys are asking for more. So maybe we will do that as, as a an, bonus content. As an extra because we um, told some great stories in there. I think that's why I'm not saying them today is yeah, because I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah. But I don't think we ever put the episode out. Well, let's out. put the episode out. Yeah. There you go, all you paranormal heads. We'll put that out there for you. There you go. Little, little prezzy, little love you from us. Good. So since we're going to do that, what other questions do we have? Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> this one's cute and silly. Tell us about your tattoos. You've got a tattoo on your arm that says 69. It does not say 69. It fucking does. First of all, it's faded. I'm kidding. I actually love that tattoo. Is it faded or did you get it removed? No, I, I, I wish I got it removed. It's faded. It was two hearts. That was a neon pink heart and that was a neon uh, green heart. And it says S and G. It's my brother and sister's initials. Aww. I've got nine tattoos. They're little. They're hidden all over my body. You have a big ass neck piece. Tell yeah. us about this. Wait, sorry. Can we not breeze over my favorite of your tattoos? Which, which one? Is on your foot and it says rock. Because <laughs> you're a rock chick. It says rock and the O is a star. Lucy loves anarchy. I, I am just a rebel. She's a rebel. She wants. Yeah, I've got rock on my foot. She wants to rock. Like, shut up. I've got... <laughs> I've got my first tattoo ever was down here in my nether in your regions. Pussy. We're filming, so don't get that thing out. In my hoo-ha. Um, I got it in Port Wainimi. The military town. Yeah. Okay. I don't know near why. they Oxnard. Yes, near Oxnard, yeah. California. They were, hepatitis. they were tattooing underage people illegally. Legend. And my boyfriend took me. And what does that say? It's, it's like a Chinese symbol. I think supposedly it says dream because I was like 15 and I wanted to be an actor and my parents wouldn't let me. So all I had were my dreams. Oh my so I got God. Dream, dream tattoo. Dream. But then I looked it up and it doesn't mean dream. It means like 
chicken egg or something. And then I love that it says chicken egg. I have the treble and bass clef on my wrists, which is musical, you know, symbols. Um, I have om on the back of my neck. I have like om shanti, like om shanti shanti. I have white oh, fuck, white ink, nice. white ink on my thumbs. A man and a woman stick figure. No idea why. I don't know why I have any of these tattoos. Just young and... Would you ever get rid of them? Yeah, I want to get them lasered off oh, before you do. I do anything. Because now being a Shakespeare actor, a, you know, a stage actor, yeah. it's such a pain in the ass to have heavy makeup on. And then whenever you touch an actor, it's coming off on their costumes. It's sweating yeah. under the light. For film, it's no problem because you can just have makeup artists there. But for the sweat on stage, it's really a pain in the ass. I feel like I have more that I'm just forget. Oh, I have a mustache on my That's finger. Very 2000s. That now just looks like dirt because yeah, it's... Yeah, your tattoos have really faded. Yeah, they're terrible. Where did you get them? Just all over. New York, mm, here. Yes. I don't know. Nashville. Mine are... Some of them are pretty tragic, to be fair. So I've got white tattoos on the tops of my feet. Oh, what do you have? Hebrew. Okay. One of them says, Great Escape. And the other one says, Defying Gravity. Okay. It probably doesn't. It probably right. says, like, dish rag. Chicken cum feather. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have white tattoos on my wrist. One says Phoenix. That is my nephew's name. Damn. Love he, your nephew a lot. Um, I was really young when he was born. And my sister was really young as well. She, like, had just turned 21 when he was born. So it was, like, a very weird experience because I was like wait my sister's a kid and I'm mm-hmm. a kid and this feels weird so I got his name tattooed and I was only 14 when the when I got this shit tattooed on me Whoa. yeah where'd you go Port Wainimi <laughs> yeah the UK equivalent <laughs> um and then on the other one I've got my first boyfriend and I had this little symbol that we would write on our love letters which was two halves of a heart like a locket that's like mm. the best one. so I have that tattooed on the wrist with blocks of light around it I have a crucifix on my sternum. Oh, you have a lot of white ink going yeah, on Yeah, a lot here. of white ink. Um, and then I have my neck tattoo, which is an upside down orchid. I got this when one of my boyfriends and I broke up. I always get them at sticks. So for instance, the ones on my feet were me coming out of my anorexia mm. was great escape and defying gravity um, is what I thought it meant. Um, right. The cross on my sternum is very much tied to like this time where I was wearing this necklace, and I that had a crucifix on it all the time, and I was trying to like, figure out where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. This is my breakup tattoo on the neck. This is the boyfriend tattoo on my wrist. My nephew, um, and then my crowning achievement of tattoos, you guys. Um, I'll save that one for last. Okay. Okay. So my latest tattoo is I got a horseshoe on my bicep, on the inside of my bicep, and I've got RB, Ryan's initials, on the horseshoe. Beautiful horseshoe. I love this tattoo, and I'm about to get another tattoo. Hmm. I'm going to get a sword. Nice. Through the horseshoe or on your forearm? On my forearm, yeah. Just a little one. And then I've got here on my other four, on my arm, on the inside of my bicep, is the River Meon by my house. And at one point, everyone I have loved has gone across this bridge. And now, I, since I've moved here, there's lots of people who haven't. But 
they will. So this is a little bridge that's made of scaffolding that's above the river where I grew up and would spend summers and it was always a special place. It is a special place to me. Beautiful. Ryan and I went there um, last, the Christmas before last. um, And then you guys, wait for it, drum roll. I have a star on my inner thighs either side of my pussy that's right i've never seen these with my own eyes but i've heard about them i forgot you had that yeah got that when i lost my virginity because i was like well this thing is great let's take it for a joyride (laughs) just really got a tattoo on a star on each side it's like a runway landing strip just to really make sure everyone knows which direction to go in yeah this is where the vagina is it's great it's like a Broadway musical lit up. Wow. Um, a marquee. Exactly. My sister said that I have a two-star vagina. Huh. So. Well, maybe add. Yeah. Add to that. Yeah. A couple more stars it's down there. It's Michelin stars. Oh, Michelin yeah. stars. Well, that's different. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's my tattoos. Will and I want to get tattooed on our wedding finger. Don't be a cunt. Nope. Just to remind ourselves when we feel like being cunts to each other. I think, here's a theory I have about tattoos and relationships. It's Says the girl who has a tattoo for every relationship she's ever been in. For every ended relationship. <laughs> when it comes to a relationship with a lover, a tattoo is basically a death sentence. That's why I have no tattoos that are linked to any yeah. lover in my yeah. life. I promise I myself I will. would never do that. Family all day. Yeah, my brother and sister, they can yeah, never they day. can never leave me. I have never, <laughs> ever, ever seen somebody with a tattoo that's like a wedding ring or something or whatever. Yeah. And the relationship works out. Never. Never seen it once. Not one time. I'm not getting any more. I'm getting them lasered off ASAP. I'll never get mine removed. Even my two-star vagina. I see them as like a rite of passage. Of yeah. like It reminds me of who I was at that time, even if I'm not proud of it. So I never fucking forget. Yeah. That's how I feel about tattoos. And yes, they hurt. Yes, they're expensive. Do not get cheap tattoos. Save up for an expensive one. And my rule of thumb is think about it for a year. And if you still want it in a year, get it. Yeah. No less than a year. My personality is very... Throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're starting over. I don't need to remember. Yeah. And you and I... Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, carve that shit into my yeah. skin. So <laughs> I never, never forgotten. want to forget. Yeah. So, yeah, I okay. want to forget everything. Bitch, that's not true. I know. Okay, let's go into a little... Now we've gone from rock and roll, tattoos, yeah. pussy stars, and rock shows. We're going to gonna move to music questions. Okay, music questions. Let's go. So... The first question, Lucy, mm-hmm. is, Me? is for you, yeah. What's it like aging in the music industry? Oh. <laughs> Let me see this list of questions. I don't think that was directed at me, per se. No, it wasn't. It um, was both of us. Mm-hmm. Someone sent us in a response that said, um, advice on aging in the music industry. You know what? I'll ask my dad. We'll get back to you. How would we know? No, come on, we can answer it. Um, you see, that's a very strange question to me because I don't, I, I, I don't, um, 
aging doesn't register with me really. It, it's, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean much to me. Um, sure. But we can tell you what it means to the music industry. So I don't think I know what it means to the music industry. You're chop liver. You, yeah. you 26, you're old. Really? You, you've got, if you don't hit it by 26, 27, you may as well just fucking hang it up. Huh. If you're a woman. Mm. If you're a man, you can have a hit when you're 35, your first one. And you're great. Everyone loves it. But what to the women who have had hits at older ages? Who are the women that have had their first hit at older ages? I can think of one song. This is my fight song, my get it right song. Da 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 song. I don't know. I mean, the conversation is difficult for me because you either allow boxes to exist or you just, they're invisible to you. So, yeah, I don't operate like that. I I accept that it exists and I decide to live outside of it. Mm. So I see that it's very real. You get to your late twenties, thirties, you're fucking, you may as well be 50. I may as well be 50 to put music out. But guess what? I don't fucking care because mm. my music is still so good. My voice is better than ever. My body is better than ever. I'm sexier yeah, exactly. than ever. Exactly. Like, you're not going to stop me. Mm-mm. I don't. You think I want to play your game, your fucking shitty game? No. I'm playing my own game. It's really fun. You should try it. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, mainstream music industry, I'm not going to be... The chances of me being in, like, teen vogue, you know, all of that stuff, not going to happen. But can I do literally whatever I want? Yes. Yeah. Are they going to snub you either way? Yes. (laughs) Are they going to look at you and treat you like you're a piece of shit either way, whether you're 21 or you're 41? Yeah, they are. Look at Celine Dion, look at Tina Turner, all of these women, Mariah Carey, they came back, they're old. J-Lo, mm. she's 50. Mm-hmm. She just looks great. People fancy her. She looks sexy. You got to feel good. You got to have a good attitude. I think the rule is if you look good, no one cares. Exactly. I really, I think it's that shallow and basic as far as like the science behind. Yeah. Perception is reality. It really is. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. However. Yeah. The saddest thing is older people trying to look younger. Right. That's really uncomfortable to watch. So yeah. <laughs> so, so like awkward. if you're 26, don't try and kind of grip onto 21-year-old, 19-year-old culture. Yeah, be where you are. I'm not going to, as a 30 now, because I have my birthday, 33-year-old woman, be trying to wear, like, cargo pants and belly tops and doing TikTok dances, you know, in a bucket hat. Yeah. I think what's sexy and, and attractive and powerful is is being where you are. And, I agree. And finding the beauty in that. Like you said, you've never felt better. You've never looked better. Your voice has never been better. I agree. And I'm older than you. And I look back at myself in my early 20s and I think that that wasn't sexy. Knowing knowing who you are is sexy. Yeah. Feeling beautiful in your skin is sexy. Yeah. And music is timeless. Yeah, it really is. 
So if to the person who asked that question, if you're getting shit for your age, um, my suggestion to you is start your own label yeah. and do your own thing. And just accept that that is not a club you are welcome in anymore. And be where you are and and work from there. Embrace that and have the courage to own it. you got two choices. You can do what everyone else is doing. And if you're going to do that, you have to be the best at it. Okay? Or you start your own thing and you create your own culture and your own community. And guess what? If it's your invention... Nobody can fucking do it better than you. Exactly. If it's your style, your flex, your sound, nobody can exactly, do that better yeah. than you. And like, no, like you're saying, no, see it, see it. Don't be in denial about things. Like I know that I can't put on little booty shorts and do a TikTok dance. That's not, that's not. I where, would pay. That's not where I fit. That's to not. See it. <laughs> can you just for me? That's not where I'm at. Uh, I have shared this before when I was on Island Def Jam and they brought in like the top choreographer and made me do a choreographed dance. Nothing has ever looked so foolish. Judge it. Of course it didn't work. It was ridiculous. But that's you knowing what you can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And that is boundaries, which I've been thinking about a lot this week. Healthy boundaries is being truthful about what you can and cannot offer. Mm Mm-hmm. To yourself and others. To yourself and others. And that's the thing I think with aging in the music business, in any, in, in any business, in yeah. life. Yeah. In life. We look at, you might be a woman in your 30s and look at a girl in her 20s and think, ooh, I want to wear that outfit. Well, guess what? You're not at that place yeah. in life yeah. anymore. You, you know, I mean, I still love Forever 21 from time to time, but. But forever 30, baby. Forever 40. Forever 40. Forever, you know, it, it's, I'm really enjoying loving where I'm at in life and embracing that. And I'm with the younger man also. Yeah. He's 10 years younger than me. Okay, go off. And, and that's been something that we thought about when we got together. And I, and we agreed that if we're going to do this successfully, we have to embrace and allow the other person to be where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. And love each other for that. Mm. I, as a woman in my 30s, am not going to enjoy the same things all the time that he, a man in his 20s, likes. Yeah. So we don't have to do those things together. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've flourished so much in that relationship, just having that freedom to be where I'm at and not try to fit into his box or not try to be younger mm. to be what he needs. No, I think you're robbing yourself when you do that. And you're robbing other people because me being where I'm at, he loves that. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful example of how a boundary, I think people think that boundaries are like this rigid thing. Not at all. Boundaries give you freedom. They do. And that is the perfect example of how having a really firm and clear boundary with your partner has brought this huge element of freedom um, into your relationship. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So be where you are, own it, and rock out. It's never too late. That's the thing to remember. And get a matching foot tattoo with Lucy that says rock. Rock. (laughs) It's never too late. I read a great great quote. A great quote. I read a great quote. It said... 
you know, um, I don't know, I'm going to fuck it up, but something like the, the, the best time to have planted a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time to plant a tree is today. Yeah. Same with Bitcoin. Never too late. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So another question was being a woman in the industry. I think that that is kind of what we just said. Yeah. You know, other basic things are... Don't leave your drink unattended. Yeah. Don't go to hotel rooms with Respect producers. Respect yourself and know that you do not have to fuck anybody to be successful. You don't have to sit on anyone's lap. You don't have to show your on boobs. A mini dress. You don't have to sit on their lap. You don't have to kiss them. You can if you want to. Sure. A hundred percent. If that's the mode you want to do, smash it. Do it. Listen, I've sat on a couple of laps in my time. <laughs> but let me be an example to you. Uh, fucking your way to the top doesn't always work. Uh, <laughs> no, because it robs you of the joy you will have when you get there. And don't let people bully you around as a woman. Get a good lawyer. And get a good lawyer. <laughs> um, okay, next section. Self-help section. I like how I've done this in sections. What a way to... Motivation when you feel stuck. You are both so strong and inspiring. Thank, Thank you. you. That made us feel really That's nice. That's very kind of you to say. Um, motivation when you feel stuck. God, for me, I've got two things I do here. So there's short term. So if I'm feeling a bit twirly or spinny or my energy's stale or whatever it is, go for a walk. For me, if I'm stuck in something, whether I'm writing or whatever it is, go for a walk. Works every time for me. And don't wear your headphones, don't do anything. Just go out, listen to your breathing, your heartbeat. Notice a bird in the tree. Notice a leaf rustling along the ground. That, for me, is like a short-term, really easy, quick fix. Go and get the wind in your hair. Mm. And then long-term, I would say, surrender. If you're not feeling motivated, there's a reason and if it's not because you've got depression or you're going through something terrible, you know, if you're just feeling a bit like, yeah, I don't want to fucking do anything this week, really not feeling motivated, what do you absolutely have to do? Do those things and the other stuff, it can wait. Yeah. You know, it's me with my turning my phone off in the morning, the journaling every day, the walks, all of that stuff for me is a part of me keeping my motivation going long term. That's for me is my motivation to live at this time in my life. Mm -hmm. And those are the little bits long term every day I can do to live. I stick to those things. And, you know, my other things that I have to do for Ryan or myself or whatever. And then everything else, it can just wait. Yeah. And if I've, if I've got writer's block, do you know what I do? What? Nothing. Yeah. And if it's three months, it's three months. Yeah. I'll watch films, I'll listen to podcasts, I'll take a trip to the beach. And before you know it, that shit's unblocked. Yeah, it's true. But if you sit there going, oh, I can't, I'm not motivated and I can't concentrate. It's like you're just punishing yourself. Yeah. Just go get some wind in your hair, baby. Yeah, loosen it up. How about you? I think when I feel stuck, I have learned this trick that really helps me where I remind myself that I am not my thoughts. Oh, love that. And then I step back from whatever I'm feeling. And instead of feeling it run through me, 
I change my perspective to observing it. Yeah. As somebody watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I call that noticing. Noticing. That's a great way to put it. I observe what's going on Mm. instead of being run by it. Mm -hmm. I, I step back and I go, huh, that's interesting. I feel stuck. Okay. And understanding this is really important that I don't need to change anything. It's enough just to notice, just to observe. I don't need to fix anything. I don't need to change anything. Just in stepping out of it, Mm -hmm. looking at it from the outside, already starts to transform it and loosen it up. Yeah. The same as going on a walk. I don't like going on walks because I'm a lazy ass mofo. (laughs) But... I should because you're completely right. Even just down the block and back. Even down, yeah. Even you know what I do a lot of times? I go to my window, like you do the same thing. Yeah. I go to my window and I just look out at the most distant point I can find. So a lot of times, and I've learned this along the way, a lot of times in our life, um, our our range of vision is very uh, small. So you're either from here to a paper that you're writing on, which mm-hmm. is about a foot. Here to a computer screen, which is about a foot to two feet. Here to another person, it's about three feet. And that's it. That becomes your whole day. Yeah. If you're working all day, that's your day. So the brain needs perspective. And so I'll go to the window and I'll look out. Like right now, Annabelle, I'm looking across the valley at a palm tree that's on the mountain range across Mm -hmm. from your house. It's probably five miles away. And the brain really expands when you do that. Your thinking expands, your mood mm. improves, perspective can flow in again. When everything, and not to mention our phone that we're on all the time, mm. which is a tiny little screen. Yeah. You need expansiveness. You yeah. need space for your thinking. That's one of the reasons why I find TikTok to be such a fascinating phenomena because even the little dance moves they do, everything has to fit in this phone screen. And I find it so interesting and I'm really wondering what it's doing to people's brains. Not because I'm like, oh, they're like an old person being like, oh, the internet's rotting your brain. But because it's the size of it and the shape of it, it makes me wonder how people's perspective of the world is shifting. It is. Because they're viewing things yeah. through that um, through that setup. So that's what love I do that. when I feel stuck. Never would have thought of that. Fucking love it. I never would have thought of the things you say. I think you're <laughs> a brilliant woman. Oh, God, the feeling's mutual. That's why I have a girl crush on you, like I posted on Instagram. You guys, don't. Notice how she doesn't say that she feels the same about me. No. You've just got a girl crush on, uh, I don't know, Kim Kardashian or something. No. I'm not your type. Bitch, are you fucking serious? I gave myself a haircut. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. It actually looks pretty good. I have a bad habit of cutting my own hair, but I figured, eh, it's quarantine. No, it's great. It's not quarantine anymore, honey. I know, but I want it to be. (laughs) Do either of you have comfort shows, support shows, movies, or songs? Love you too. Love you too. Yes, love you. That's a great question. Do we have comfort songs, books, movies, that kind of thing? That we just go to for like... Yeah, what are yours? Wuthering Heights. The um, book or movie? The book. Um, songs will be... 
So this is like the equivalent of comfort food. Yeah. Like a big plate of yeah. macaroni and cheese is your Wuthering Heights. Yeah. You'll just read that. And yeah. It comforts you. Yeah. And which is really weird because it's like a really fucked up book. I know. I'm cool. thinking that's really um, Television for me, every year I watch certain shows again and again. So I watch Downton Abbey. That's a big comfort one for me. Yes. Um, Gossip Girl, which I haven't forgotten. And it's coming out this week. So maybe that's our episode next week. Bitch, I won't be there got... for that, but you have fun. What do you mean? I won't be there for that episode. You're, you're not attending? No. <laughs> but that's the whole point, is that you have to... Okay, we'll talk, discuss this afterwards. Um, Gossip Girl, uh, Downton Abbey, Great British Bake Off. Oh, yeah. When I had just lost Ryan and Max on this earthly plane. Yeah. All I could do... Like, when I wasn't sitting around talking whatever it was, when I was in my catatonic state, was watch Bake Off, but not even with the sound on, because I couldn't have sound. Mm. And then I progressed to sound. Um, but honestly, could watch it for hours. It just soothes it's me. It's so lovely. It's so... Yeah. It just feels good. Yeah. Um, Music-wise... Uh... Everywhere, Songbird, Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. Um, I would say right now, some of my more um, modern songs that I've really been liking are that I listen to again and again and again and again are You Belong to Somebody Else by PJ Harding and Noah Cyrus. That's a big comfort song for me right now. The Cut That Always Bleeds by Conan Gray. That's a big comfort song for me right now. The Author by Lars. Um, Love You For A Long Time by Maggie Rogers. Those are... Oh, and Lola Beltran. Kukuru, kuru, 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 Paloma. That's a Mexican song that I love. So that's my little comfort moment. How about you? Comfort playlist. My comfort books, I have been in the process of collecting all the books I had as a child. The Berenstain Bear Collection. I don't think they were a thing in England because Will didn't know what they were either. But any American kid will know who I'm talking about. I have half the collection. I have the other half in my Amazon gift cart. Send us a link. And when I'm... Gift cart? Shopping cart, yeah. Whenever I need a little pick-me-up, I just order one of those little books. Cute. $5 I love that you called it a gift cart because you're just like giving yourself a little gift. Yeah, (laughs) it is. I think that's important. Look, I mean, when you need to lift your mood, I I don't think the answer is shopping. It's nice to find things that are free that can lift our mood because ultimately nothing costs money that's really meaningful but these little books really make me happy and I think it's nice to keep things in your Amazon cart that you just get for yourself every once in a while so the Berenstain Bear books and television shows I have to say that Schitt's Creek was really wonderful during quarantine Mm -hmm. I Uh, didn't like it I really wanted to like it so much and I didn't I love it I just love it everyone loves it apart from me yeah I do love Downton Abbey as well. Oh, uh, best comfort show ever. Yeah. Uh, strangely, this sounds effed up because it's such a dark show, but Penny Dreadful. Oh, no, I can totally see Oof. that. Yeah, Game of Thrones for me was a big yeah. comfort show. Yes. Um, movies, Coraline. 
is one okay. of my favorite Great movies. Book I as have well. seen it so many times. Neil Gaiman, favorite yes, author. Have I you know. read his books? I have. I just bought like a trilogy oh, of some of his books. I can't wait to hear what so you think. So amazing. And um, songs, you know, when I just need that comfort, I'm just feeling lost and scared. I've got to say that it's Enya and Lorena McKennett. <laughs> Lorena McKennett. <laughs> <laughs> you had it here first, folks. Folk singer and Enya always takes me back to my roots. You know Enya, she lives in a castle in Scotland with her eight cats. I love her. She's a fucking legend. That's where I'm going to end up too. Oh yeah, I'll visit you there. Last sure. question? Yep, last question. Okay. And anyone who we didn't answer your question, sorry, love you. Love you. Um, I like this one a lot because it's been on my mind. Growing out of jobs, relationships, and friendships. How to navigate that? Oof. Hmm. Yeah. So, big one for you because yep. of you leaving the group yes. that you were in. and you Let go of many friendships. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of them that. have morphed as well. Yeah. Are you finding, if you don't mind me asking that you had the intention of keeping friendships where possible and some have fallen away, I'm sure. And then in addition to that, are you, is that at all a part of you that is wondering if these relationships are sustainable with people who may still be a part of that group? Yeah. So I left this high control group slash cult situation and had many friends on the inside that I planned on remaining friends with Mm. it was very important to me that they knew that I wasn't going anywhere I wasn't abandoning them and Mm. I'd be there for them if they needed it yes over time it has become very clear that most of them are still accepting the abuse Mm. and have chosen to remain there even though they know the truth Mm. and that I can't get behind so I have now changed my mind yeah and I have put those boundaries up and severed those ties. The minute that somebody leaves and wants to reconnect, I'm happy to do yeah. so and have those conversations. Yeah. yeah. But as long as they are in a position of accepting the abuse, and basically that means that they stand by it, mm-hmm. I will have nothing to do with them for my own health. Mm. Also, I don't trust them. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of I, I, I have no problem being really clear about that now and I think the people who have left are important in my life because we share a bond we share Mm. uh it's like a support system and it's really good to have those people who have been through the fire with me because it's proof that you're not crazy yeah because a lot of times you do feel crazy and you have each other to go no we are not crazy that really happened I can relate to that massively with my friendship group really yeah with everyone so, that's close to Ryan and Max. Yeah, that must you know, be a huge like, transition so it's the for same you. Thing where you're just like, oh yeah, just you get it. Yeah, and so, we're not insane exactly. for feeling this X, Y, and Z way. I think when relationships situations evolve and fall away, I think that the trick is just to embrace it with grace and knowing that. Look, I don't know all the answers to why things happen the way they do, but. I allow things to Mm. flow in and out of my life because that's the nature of life. Mm -hmm. Things aren't meant to stay forever. 
They're not meant to remain the same. Mm. We're constantly changing. You and I are different now than we were at the beginning of recording this today. Everyone is different after listening to the last hour and a half than they were before. And those ebbs and flows just need to be embraced with um, courage. I think not Mm. being afraid of letting go of things is really important. Yeah. Because you don't know what's trying to come to you. The universe can't flow into you with everything that it's trying to bring to you if you're clinging with both hands over here. Yeah. So free yourself up. Allow the new energy to flow in and just go with it. It's like riding a wave. It's like that chat we had on one of the episodes. I can't remember if it came out or not. But we both kind of had the revelation of like if you are holding on to a friendship or you are forcing it or trying to make somebody like you or trying to be the person somebody wants you to be or who you have to be to survive in this dynamic that you are not giving yourself or the other person the ability and the opportunity to have an authentic experience in their life that's what i was trying to say about the age with me and will oh okay yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense you're robbing yourself and others of an authentic authentic, experience And I've become really quick at spotting it now when I feel like a relationship's being forced or when something's not meant, I'm not meant to get this person's, they don't like me or something like that. I've become very quick at going, okay, I accept that. Fine. Let it go. Not everyone's going to... Not like everyone's going to like you. You don't like every- everyone. No, exactly. <laughs> so you're saying you feel that way in groups of friends since Ryan and Max died? Yeah, I'm just finding it really hard to reconnect with people. And I have to ask myself, why is that? You know, I think for up until this point, I've put it down to um, just being too afraid to step back out into the world, which there is a big element of that. Um, but I think... I think another thing is is that I, with with my specific situation, which is not most people's situation, I think, um, you know, I am people's worst fears personified, you know, and I think, and I see it in people um, when they look at me. And I think that I feel uncomfortable around most of my female friends who are, newer friends from LA and the reason that is is because I represent the worst thing that can happen to them yeah you represent everything that could go wrong and that and that uh really sits with me and in in me and around me and I feel as though grief mists everything and there is, when I walk in the door, the mist surrounds me. And in my house, there's a layer of mist on everything. And um, and that mist is grief. And I think that even th- in the moments where I'm laughing and smiling and having fun, I know people look at me and go, fucking hell. Fuck, Ryan died in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And I do it. So there's no way that other people aren't doing it. You know, and yeah, we're having fun. This is so crazy. And then I go, I close my eyes and I see the crash, you know, and Mm. I I know that that's what I represent. And I made the decision last week that I wasn't going to be going to any of the weddings I've been invited to because I just feel I can't, 
I feel I represent something that I don't want there to be at, at somebody's wedding. And I may change my mind about that, but I just, I don't want to be the cursed thing in the room, you know? And I, I haven't sat with that long enough, but. Wow, that's a big one. Um, I can't talk you out of that or say you're wrong for feeling that. I, I understand why you feel that way, even though it might be something you are creating in your yeah. own head. Yeah, I think. But you're not wrong Yeah, for feeling that way. Yeah. I think it is with some people. Like, I know that that's not how it will be at your wedding. Mm-hmm. But I think for some people it will be. Oh, look, there's... Mm. Do you know what happened to her? Mm. Do you remember her? So are you saying that in a way some of those relationships are forced at this point? Yeah, and I think maybe some of them always were. And I think I was in those relationships because I came to LA and I needed to make friends and start a new life. Yeah, you just collect people. Yeah, and I really without needed... Without stopping to... I needed them to work because yeah. I needed my life here to work. And now I know that that was all fake and shit. And I think, you know, I don't have great advice for for the person who asked this question of how to move out of jobs, relationships and friendships necessarily. I'm still kind of figuring out, but I agree with you completely that fighting it and holding on to it is completely uh, not leaving you open to what is meant for you. Exactly. And also I have to listen to my own advice of giving myself and everyone else an, an authentic experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that, there doesn't have to be this big ending of a friendship. I think no. people respond to your energy yeah. massively. And if you energetically shift, shift, everything shifts. Things in your life will shift. You don't even have to have the conversation. There is no end. I know, there's no, I agree. There's no breakup. There's no breakup. It just takes courage to admit and, and acknowledge that yeah. you've changed. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And it's okay. And you didn't do anything wrong. No. And they didn't do anything wrong. You just have outgrown the situation. And it doesn't mean that anyone is smaller or less evolved or anything than you. It's just for you personally, it just doesn't fit you anymore. And that's really, really okay to just sort of glide out of it and energetically hold your own. Yeah. And like I said about the last question of what do you do when you feel stuck? I said, I step back and I observe and that's enough. I don't need to fix anything. It applies here also. It's enough to realize I've outgrown that relationship. Mm. I've changed. That in itself starts the shift. Massively. You don't have to pick up the phone and say, I'm not your friend anymore. No. No. Because all the interactions change. Oh, I want to get dinner with you. I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you. Okay, cool. When? And if they don't respond or they don't show up mm -hmm. or it doesn't happen, then you just, then that's Then fine. you let it go. Yeah. And I also learned something great uh, from someone I was listening to on a podcast. They said, what do you do when you're invited to parties and you don't want to go? And she said, I say this again, boundaries, what I, being truthful about what I can and cannot give. I, I 
I'm sick of saying I'll be at your party in two weeks and then the mm. night before I don't want to go yeah. and then I have to lie and I say, you know, I'm sick or whatever and then yeah. you're a liar and you don't want to be a liar. Instead, just say, you know what? I'm not in a headspace right now where I'm attending parties, but thank you so much for inviting me. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to take you to coffee soon. Or mm-hmm. even if you know you won't do the coffee soon, which yeah. I'm having a hard time with in my life. I can't even yeah. bring myself to have coffee with a lot of relationships right now. That's just the headspace I'm yeah. at. But how lovely is that thought to say, you know what? I'm not in a headspace where I'm being social right now, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking of you and thank you so much. Yeah. How beautiful is yeah. that? No, it's great. It's a to- just it's a imagining that makes me happy. <laughs> no, it is. And I, actually, it's funny that you say that. I just had this chat with Jeff because it was hard for me to leave the night early in Vegas when it was Sarah's birthday, but I had reached my absolute limit of what I could do. And old me would have gone, oh, um, well, would have stayed, first of all, right. com- my comfort. Yeah. And then old me would have gone, oh, um... Sarah, I'm really, really sorry, but I just, I'm feeling really tired and, and do you mind? And is it okay? And instead I, I said, Hey, Sarah, I'm going to go. I've had the best night. Thank you so much for inviting me. I cannot wait to hear about what you guys did for the rest of the night tomorrow. Have so much fun. I love you. Like have so much fun. And how did she respond? That sounds great. Sweetie, love you. So glad you made it. I'm so like, surprised you even lasted this long exactly. and then i didn't go to bed feeling guilty no. or and sh- and it wasn't about me you i didn't just, lie about anything no. and it's it's just an energetic kind of it's owning your shit yeah instead of making it about anything else mm-hmm. or a lie or a, why what they did that makes you not want to go or why parties are shit or excuses just like, no excuses i don't want to this is where I'm and that's at. that's okay. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> what a nice way to end the episode. Yeah, so we hope that helps. These questions were great. Yeah, really good. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, giving us so much to think about. Yeah. And reminding me that Lucy has to watch Gossip Girl. Oh, God, thanks a lot. So next week. No. Yes. No, I'm going to be busy. You can't I'm be. giving excuses already. <laughs> I'm lying. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, I'm not in a mental headspace to, um, uh, you know, talk about gossip for all the moment. But thank you so much for inviting me. Bullshit. Can't wait to hear whether you're a Blair or Serena girl. Oh, I don't even know who that is. You'll find out. Love you. Love you. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love to spare. So be the Las Vegas.